Hi, this is Michael. And this is Jill. And this is Townhouse of Terror. We're back for another week of movie talk. Yay. We've got four to talk about today. And then we have one more episode of the final three. But I am excited to talk about some of these movies. So mm-hmm. should we just jump into it? Let's go. Here we go. Deep Red from 1975, directed by Dario Argento, starring David Hemmings and Daria Nicolodi. We open instantly with murder, a silhouetted murder, and then years later, we are in a theater as a psychic gives a demonstration where she announces that that killer is in the room. Shortly after that, said psychic is murdered. Marcus Daly, an English musician living in Rome, is witness to the murder. He teams up with a reporter for a wild ride that includes a necklace-induced beheading, robotic dummies, and perhaps the greatest prog rock score ever. Jill, have you ever seen a giallo movie? No. Do you know what giallo movies are? I, I don't know. Do I, you like gelato? I, I love gelato. <laughs> love it. Is that like what you're saying? No. Does it, it nothing to do with gelato? <laughs> no. Okay. So this is a so this movie directed by Dario Argento, and he was one of the four fathers of giallo cinema. Giallo were were um, originally like pulp fiction, um, comic books, novels mm. in Italy. Giallo means um, yellow in Italian, ah. and so these movies were kind of like dirty little pulp s- story. You know, based off that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so the genre became known as giallo. Anyway, Dario Argento was one of the forefathers of that genre of film. And I think this is your first Argento. I think so. I think I think so. Maybe I may have seen one other. Well, originally on the schedule, I had um, Suspiria. Oh, which I've seen that. You've seen the remake, the American remake. So the original Italian movie and the American remake are very different, and okay. I actually like both of them a lot. But the original Suspiria, for some reason, for the past few years, has been unavailable completely to stream. I thought, let's just find something that we can all watch, and I think I am happy that we chose this. But I'm dying to know <laughs> what you thought of this. It was so cool. So cool. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I really enjoyed this film. Um, Most of the Italian films that I see, no matter the genre, I end up liking. Mamma Mia. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, this one, it was so unique. Mm -hmm. um, The style of it, uh, the art direction was super cool. We've watched a very wide variety of movies this past month, and... We've had some really good directors and some that we thought were whatever. But watching this, I was like, oh, my God, yes, we are watching a masterful director make mm-hmm. a movie. Yes. And that's not something we've seen constantly or consistently through this. Yeah. Everything about it was super unique uh, compared to the other films that we've seen. And mm-hmm. it just was 
I don't know. I haven't seen anything like it before. Uh, and I, I really, really um, enjoyed watching it. <laughs> Going back to, you know, what this genre of film was kind of based on were these mystery crime novels or crime comic book, you know, little magazines. Mm-hmm. And this is, at its heart, a mystery. Right. With, you know, horror elements. Again, not supernatural necessarily, but um, yeah. kind of more horrific and a lot of good atmosphere in this, but still that kind of mystery thriller mm-hmm. vibe carrying it. Yeah. And that's what a lot of these his movies are. There were some quirky things, mm-hmm. for sure, <laughs> about this film. One was it seemed like they, did they overdub it? Yes, or? but that's um, kind of classic Italian movie making. If you watch... Any Fellini, most of the Fellini movies, I believe, and like all the all the spaghetti westerns. The practice that they have in Italy of filmmaking, at least at that time, was that they just wouldn't de- they wouldn't worry about sound, and they would do overdubs later. But half of these people were speaking Italian too. Yeah, so. I, I was I was hearing the English and then seeing the lips move, but yes. most of the time it did look like they were speaking. They English. were, they were, I think. But that's what I meant to say. They weren't not doing overdubs. They were not recording audio on set. Okay. So, um, they just, they, just they would do overdubs. They afterwards. did ADR, right? Okay. But the main actor was an English actor too. Yeah, and um, they did that to him too. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Was hard. It's not, weird not to be distracted by yeah. it. Um, well, I'm a uh, film. I, you know, just I love film, so I've seen it all, so oh it doesn't God. even bother anymore. Oh, jeez. Okay. Well, it gives I'm a real it, film guy. <laughs> it gives it a whole other, like, there's this whole other thing added to it because mm-hmm. of that. And that's yes. why I wanted to bring it up because it makes it creepier. <laughs> Don't you think? Um, I, I see what you're saying. I don't know. I don't know if it makes it creepy, but I see what you're saying. Cause it is this weird, like disconnect yeah. of, you know, it's like a split second mm-hmm. that's off, but, um, yeah, that, that was unique. And then I just absolutely loved the style mm-hmm. of how all of the sets were dressed. Oh my and gosh. That scene out where it's supposed to be, you know, they're in front of that diner. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? And, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that was shot on a soundstage because mm-hmm. it was so, like, kind of dreamlike. Mm-hmm. And there was a bit of humor in the movie, too, intentionally. Yeah. That kept moments of it light. Mm-hmm. I don't think the humor in it was unintentional. I think it was pretty smartly put in there. For instance, the scene when him and the reporter are in the car. Mm-hmm. And there, it was a, it was a beetle, right, or a bug. No, Wasn't it was smaller than oh, that. Yeah. I don't that, know what yeah, it was. I remember. <laughs> he couldn't even, yeah. Some weird, tiny Italian car. And every bump they took, his uh, sun visor fell down. <laughs> and it was just, you know, just well-directed comedy, too. Mm-hmm. Like the other day when we watched Drag Me to Hell. The comedy mm-hmm. in that was intentional yeah. and, like, really smartly put in there. And I feel like this had moments of it. Not Agreed. not to the same extent, but... Yeah. Um, you you really need it if you want people to pay attention yeah. in a horror film. Mm-hmm. This is, I mean, the, I feel like the plot on this or the story. I don't mind a slow story, but there, I feel like it dragged at at bits. But yeah. I was I was with it the whole time. You know, I didn't yeah. find it boring. I was just I felt it was a little bit meandering, but I kind mm-hmm. of appreciated that because you got 
to see some interesting things. We went on a journey together. Mm-hmm. We are a better a better couple <laughs> because we saw this together. And we we know all kinds of things about murders, guys. Well, <laughs> the horrific elements of again not being supernatural, but the murders are pretty grisly. Like I said, the movie opens up with just immediate silhouette of a murder taking place. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when the psychic is murdered and she, her head goes through the window. and Oh, God, yeah. And, of course, the spoiler alert, the end scene with the decapitation with the necklace in the elevator mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then the boiling water and then all just all sorts of stuff. Lots of yuckiness. <laughs> Something that... I appreciated about it was that you really did have to follow along, though, Mm -hmm. in in order to figure out, like, I did not know the whole movie who was doing the the murders. Right. Because, you know, like, I thought, well, maybe it was the friend. You knew. Yeah. But then I was like, no, because we saw that other person walking. So it couldn't have been him. But not only that, Jill. Huh? Here's No, here's the thing that is so cool about this movie. You see the killer's face right away or right early in the movie because mm-hmm. when Marcus sees the murder, mm-hmm. he goes into the apartment building and he sees the reflection of the killer's face, but we think it's a painting at that moment. Right. And then we see yes. that exact same scene again, and you even said, I thought I saw somebody's face. Mm-hmm. You see the face of the killer right then and there. Yes. And that is pretty ballsy. Yeah. Because... You know, you're showing a character that you will actually see without a mask on not too too long from now, you yeah. know. Yeah. So very smart, very clever. But it is that thing of who did it. Okay, it could be anybody, and then it ends up being a woman. And the only other shots we get are, you know, the extreme close-ups of the eyeliner and putting her gloves mm-hmm. on and zipping up. And that was another thing about the movie. A lot of, like, just cool, like, extreme close-up shots and really unique camera camera movements mm-hmm. very kinetic and like camera goes out of the room to f- go down to another room and yeah this guy is Dario Argento is known for Hitchcock being an influence on him okay this is a bit of a torch pass you know let's also talk about the score oh so isn't it great amazing. yes I originally it. he reached out to Pink Floyd to do the score Oh. And they either said no or some reason they couldn't do it. And so the band who does it is called Goblin. Oh, I've heard of Goblin. Yeah, well, I've played them for, I play them every Halloween because <laughs> they do his, they've scored several of his movies. Uh-huh. And they've scored some other stuff too. And it's great. It's great. It's like there were times where I was laughing out loud because the scene where, do you remember the scene when he goes to the house where the murder, the original murder took place? And the little boy is oh, yeah. in the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's in that house, and he's on the side of the house. Mm-hmm. And it's like this crazy progressive rock like keyboard solo happening, but it's all yes. like wonky and stuff. It was funny, and I, but I love it. It's... It's not, it's dated, but it's not cheesy. No, it was great. I thought it worked really well. Yeah. (laughs) 
I love this movie. I've loved it for years, and I cannot freaking wait to show you some more Argento. Me too. I'm I'm in the fan club now. I'm giving this five out of five. Damn. I would give it at least a four. Uh, I'd say four and two quarters. I'm going to give this four and two I quarters. Mean, that would be four and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give this the same. Wait, you just said five. I changed my mind. <laughs> four and a half. I'm giving it four and a half. I'm giving it four and a half. Oh, it's happier. Just, it's great. It's, you know. Why did you change? I want to know. Because if we're going to use this system for real, mm-hmm. there's, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Rating things doesn't really matter. But it's, it's just, it's your personal opinion. If you like, like it, then I feel it. like there's one movie, there's one movie on this whole list that we're talking out of the 31 movies, there's one movie on here that is top of the top, cream of the crop. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that needs to have a special place. So okay. maybe I'll just rate this five and that one will be a million stars. <laughs> <laughs> Two days before she was murdered. Where did you find that? In this score. She must have left it here. It's written by somebody called Sergius Bauer. Give it to me. He said I wasn't any letter. He said I was going out of my mind. You're not going out of your mind. You're slowly and systematically being driven out of your mind. But why? Why? <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. And oh. you thought I was being cool to you. <laughs> Keeping no, people away not from cruel. You, making you a prisoner. <laughs> oh, you're the kindest man in the world. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The 1944 psychological thriller Gaslight, starring Ingrid Bergman, Charles Boyer, and Joseph Cotton, was directed by George Cukor and adopted from the play by Patrick Hamilton called Gaslight. It details the story of a young woman affected by her beloved aunt's murder and an attempt to start life afresh with her new husband in the house where the grisly murder took place. What she doesn't know about her spouse, though, could kill her. This is a film that I've seen a couple of times over the years, but it's been a long time. And seeing it again as an adult and um, someone who's experienced life (laughs) since I last saw it, it really was quite, uh, it it affected me because this is the sort of horror or thriller film that is realistic. And we've talked about Mm -hmm. that before, where things that are a little too real are almost scarier to me than monsters um, because you can imagine it. And I think, you know, for a lot of people too, I mean, the term gaslight, I believe, came from this film. Um, and a lot of people can can say, hey, I've experienced that before in some shape or form. And in this film, it's quite heavy-handed, of course. But right. um, it was extremely good I really enjoy this film, um, and it's chilling. What did you think? I think I said the same thing about The Seventh Victim, that this is really not a horror movie. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. you know, yes, there are some very eerie moments and moods and atmosphere, 
and then kind of horrific uh, behaviors, but is not true horror. And maybe I should have picked something a little bit different, but this had been on a list of mine that I thought would fit. And um, I think it's totally fine that we did it. And I love love this movie. I haven't seen it for a while, Mm -hmm. but it's really, really good. Um, and really good performances. Absolutely. But I agree too. Like I think I think last time I'd seen it had not lived as much life, you know, or <laughs> kind of it's it's deeply disturbing. I, I've you know, I've known people on the other end who have been gaslit and it's it's such a messed up situation. And so to see it all together with all the parts, with the beginning and the end, with this story is just, it's, yeah. it's heartbreaking, the whole thing. You just feel for, for her. You feel for the pain um, that Paula goes through with the murder of her aunt. And then it seems like she's getting some kind of relief and a new life. Um, right meeting um, meeting Gregory. But something does seem off from the very beginning. Um, yes. You can tell that he's a bit controlling. Um, like, he thinks it's odd that she wants to go off and, you know, be, be on her own for a week. Mm-hmm. Go to Lake Como. Sounds fabulous to me. Let's um, do it. <laughs> okay, let's do it. So, um, yeah, and... For somebody like for me, like before, before, you know, I, I met you, Michael, I would go off and do that kind of thing, you know, and sorry, I've ruined your life. Clearly, you can't go off and do things. Clearly, anymore. you're not like Gregory. <laughs> but, you know, when when you're not used to that, like she was like, of course, I'll go off for a week. This is a kind of a story that never grows old. Right. Of a, de- you know, the deception. Yeah. And we see it, mm-hmm. but we don't know. I mean, it's been a while. I, I knew that he was gaslighting her. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert from the name. But <laughs> how much of this is he saying or how much of it is does she not know or does she have some is he prying on uh, issue that she has or is he making it completely up? And mm-hmm. she was so disoriented. Right. Throughout this movie that I was starting to feel like I don't even know what's real. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just seeing her just like, what is my reality now? I don't know. And that scene when they go to the performance in the mm-hmm. in the house, I guess it was a party, but the performance and she couldn't like she had to cry, you know, she couldn't hold herself proper. It's just disgusting. Yeah. Putting him not only Doing that, but like doing that in an environment where everybody else would notice it, you mm-hmm. know, and it's just degrading. It's so gross. Yeah. And I think, you know, like, I can't imagine that being in a relationship. Like the whole time, I just was so sad for her and felt so angry at him. But can you imagine in our relationship, like, doing that to each other? Just trying to have seeds of doubt all the time. Do you want to try it out and see what it's like? (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. I mean, he, you know, in this story, he, it was all deception. He married her for the jewels. So there's an end game there. There's definitely a side, the darker side of reality when you know that there are people in relationships, long-term, 20, 30, 40-year-long relationships where 
that's the normality, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. again, maybe to not a, that extreme, right. but that's gross. Yeah. It's, it's an icky feeling the whole time. A couple of things I want to talk about. Yeah. I was so happy to see little baby Angela Lansbury. Oh, I know. She was, she a, was a naughty girl. Sassafras. Well, I won't say naughty. She was just. She was, she was um, being her. She was and being I her. I love that. She's just going for it. And also, I love, and I don't know her name, but the lady she met on the train. Oh, I did too. My brother called me Bloody Bertha. Was it Bertha <laughs> or what was it, Beatrice? or? I think something like that. She was, she was great. great. And then she just, and this, it is that thing of certain movies of a time where they're like, okay, this is pretty dark material, but maybe if we have her come back at the very end and she sees you guys kissing on the balcony and she laughs and then then we close (laughs) the picture with that. Yeah. (laughs) But it was just like this comic relief and she would, she walked into the door. Who's living here now? Mm -hmm. You know, just. Dude, I feel like I'm her in like 40 years. Or now. (laughs) Um, also, George Cukor. Yes. Have you heard that name before? I have. Why do I know that name? Well, because he has directed many movies, including he was one of the directors of Gone with the Wind, which uh. Victor Fleming finished off. But he also directed a lot of um, female-driven Movies, mm. cast, um, and he yeah, he started like in the twenties, um, wow. directing. But he directed um, the Philadelphia Story. Uh huh. He directed uh, Gaslight. Ever heard of that one? <laughs> Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy movies too. Oh yes, yes. And he directed Born Yesterday. Did he do um, Bringing Up Baby? He did not. That was. Um, because you brought it up, I have to say it. What is his name? Uh, screwball comedy guy, Howard Hawks. Ah, yes. But he did. But George Cukor did Philadelphia Story. Mm-hmm. He did Adam's Rib, and oh, yeah. he did uh, Mike and Pat. Is that what's called Pat and Mike? Which is another Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn movie. You know what? I think we just need to do a series on comedies. Ever? Next. Oh, that could be good. Ever heard of a movie called A Star Is Born? Yes, and I've never seen it. Well, dying. there's like five of versions, five versions of him. He did the one with um, James Mason and mm. Judy Garland. That's Ooh. my impressions. <laughs> so, anyways, That's all I'm bad. saying is I'm just right now looking at his film career. But ever heard of My Fair Lady? Uh, I know a thing or two about that movie. So, he did a lot. Horror movie? It's not. Ish, yeah, we'll ish. just say ish. Elements are there, and I and I and I'm okay with that because yeah. that's how I like to live my life. As a movie, oh, go ahead. What do you rate it? I was gonna say, as a movie, I think it's fantastic. I'm gonna give it a four. You know, I'm I'm gonna agree with you. We're as just you should. on the same page, you and me. But Jill. Yesterday, you said you hadn't even seen this movie, and now you're rating it highly? Do you even know what you're doing anymore? Wait, what? I've seen Gaslight? What are you talking about? When have you seen Gaslight? I I said it in this podcast just 10 minutes ago. What podcast? 
Stop it. Oh my god, you got me. You've been gaslit. <laughs> They're growing like parasites. Is it contagious? People are being duplicated. How do you know my name? I didn't tell you my name. I can't find anything in here that looks like a body. My side's nosebleed. It looked right at me. You're looking at it as if it was human. It was not human. Now, the classic fear begins to grow. <laughs> We're being cornered. In a modern masterpiece of science fiction. They're barricading the street. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Get down! Starring Donald Sutherland, Brooke Adams, Leonard Nimoy. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. From deep space, the seed is planted. Terror grows. Invasion of the Body Snatchers is a 1978 sci-fi slash horror movie directed by Philip Kaufman, starring Donald Sutherland, Brooke Adams, Jeff Goldblum, Veronica Cartwright, and Leonard Nimoy. Martian sperm travels through space and into planet Earth's atmosphere and down to a rainy San Francisco, where a brand new breed of flowering pods begin to grow. People start accusing their loved ones of not being themselves. As hysteria grows, a health inspector and his pals realize if they want to survive, they can't show any emotion, and they can't fall asleep. Jill, now I know you've seen Invasion of the Body Snatchers from the 1950s. Mm-hmm. But this one tells the same story, but with a little bit more of a modern twist. Modern being not so relevant for today, <laughs> but was this an interesting movie to you or was it just rehashing of a old story? I was completely interested in this movie. Yeah, they did a good job. It was super cool. It's very, very similar to the original too. Yeah, it was, um, I, I, I loved every second of it. Every second? Truly. Well, may, maybe there were a couple seconds that I wasn't engaged, <laughs> but but yeah, I thought it was so awesome. The cast was great. Cast is f- freaking great. Oh, so good. Um, it just, I I just thought it was a super interesting film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also want to see this one again. <laughs> okay, let's go watch it. Well, this is a movie that has been made, I think, five times. 
Whoa. We have the original from the 50s, which is an all-time favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, this one from the 70s. There was one in the 90s. Okay. There was the Nicole Kidman and Daniel Craig one in the 2000s. Oh. And maybe that's it. Maybe I'm forgetting another one, but... Um, it's a story that's really kind of basic. Well, I wouldn't say basic, but it's like... <laughs> it's, no biggie. Well, it's an evasion story is what I meant. But it's it's unique because it's, you know, these pods are growing and people are growing out of them and yeah. they are emotionless, easy, you know, no worry kind of human existence. And these people are growing out of them to replace the real emotion-filled people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not going to lie. Every time I watch these movies, I get super tired. <laughs> not because I'm bored, but because the whole point is to stay awake. Mm-hmm. And it's this feeling I have of like, oh, maybe I should, yeah, if you just fall asleep and you wake up and you, then you don't have to worry about anything else. But that's where they get you. That's where they get you. But yeah, that's, that's a little scary. It's one of those remakes that I feel like stays true enough to the original material, mm-hmm. but is a modern update. And unique. Yeah. In its own way. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think as far as like something being dated, that doesn't bother me. No. Because it's just of the time. It's, it's not the most modern remake. But, yeah, it totally works. No, I mean, it's 70s. I think that's one thing, and I've said it in a couple of episodes. 70s always, certain elements of 70s, and I guess depending on the year, always will feel specifically dated to me Mm. because I grew up in the 80s, and the 70s were far enough away that it was like just everything was just outdated to me. So Mm. if I'll forever just think of 70s as... A brown. <laughs> and avocado. <laughs> and orange. Yeah. Mesh. But this cast was brilliant. And Dude, I love yeah. Donald Sutherland. Oh, he is. Like, I haven't, I haven't seen anything with mm-hmm. him in it recently. And he is the bomb. Like, he, he is just so good and so likable and so warm and, and real. Like he just yes, seems like a real. It was that period too of American cinema that was very influenced on kind of this realism from the European. Mm-hmm. So you had, you know, Robert Altman was making movies with Donald Sutherland, and um, and then Jeff Goldblum, young young Goldblum. This has got to be one of his super early films. Yeah, I love him. I love mm-hmm. him now. Me too. And and I I like his. Thing that he leans into because it's it's him and it's funny, but you know what, here the, it was kind of pure yeah. and innocent and just like uh, it was more about performance than oh that's Jeff Goldblum hamming it up you know yeah I, I it's noticeable for sure and yeah. and I like him that way I, I like do too. I like him without the the shtick mm-hmm. even though it like his acting. Is his acting? You well, he's, know, a, he's a good actor, which I I love. I mean, Cronenberg's The Fly, oh which we God, saw a couple of years so ago, good. is yes. just like you forget that he was a just not this character actor all the time. Yeah, he was great. And, Everybody was. And married in the movie to Veronica Cartwright. You know who she is, don't you? Was she in 
The Sound of Music? I don't know. She may have been. But she was in, she was an alien, but she was also the little girl in The Birds. Oh, okay. The, the daughter. Okay. Remember? Um, Alfred yes, Hitchcock. I do. Ever heard of him? Guess what? What? Her sister was in The Sound of Music. Oh, cool. Angela Cartwright. Have you been listening to anything I've said? Because no. I feel like just like. <laughs> Sorry, I got stuck on that. I love the sound of music. But did you hear that she was in the birds? Yes, I did hear that. Yes. Okay. Um, but she's she's English, I think. Yes. Um, English American. But she was great in it too, and she was the last survivor of our group that we mm-hmm. that we stayed with and she you know we, we don't have to talk about stuff sequentially sequentially that final scene of donald sutherland doing the scream and point <gasps> that's creepy and that never leaves my mind when i think of the remake that's what i think of it's it's so creepy and freaky and Sad. And I love, I love how you don't see him fall asleep. Mm-hmm. You don't see him. And what you think is happening is that he's just blending in, and pretending. Right. And it's directed so well. Until that very moment, mm-hmm. you don't know anything. Yeah. And it's great. And she just, and her character just can't handle it. with the face of a man. Oh, that's so weird. You screamed at that. I did, yes. And our daughter was in the room playing on her tablet, and we told her to face the other way. And when you screamed, she was like, what? And you were like, don't look, don't look. <laughs> and it wasn't, that, it wasn't that scary, but I think you were so, like, creeped out by it. Well, I was just like... She would have laughed if she seen it. What is happening? Oh, she totally would have. I, it is I don't so know. weird. It still is like this, like, <laughs> crazy... I love it. It was my my uh, maternal instinct kicking in. It's like when I slam on the brakes and I put my arm out, even though she's in the back seat. Mm-hmm. Like, that's one of those things. You're such a great mother. <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> um, I did like seeing San Francisco in the 70s. Yes. San Francisco is a special town to us, isn't it? It is. We honeymooned there. Mm. And then on our first anniversary, we went back. You stayed on a houseboat in Sausalito. It's pretty cool. Pretty saucy. Oh, another little nugget. Um, the scene where they're driving in the car and... That man runs, they're taking over, they're taking over. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then he runs around the corner and he gets hit by a car or whatever. Yes. We don't see what happens. That is Kevin McCarthy, who was the star of the original oh. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And there is a scene similar to that in the original, too. So. Sweet. The director, Philip Kaufman, yes. is... Um, has a bunch of great movies, too. He did The Right Stuff after this, I think, which is mm. one of my favorite movies. 
Um, I don't think I've seen. I don't that. think you have either, but you need to. It's not a horror movie, so let's not talk about it. But I, he was, he's he's a great director. I'm what? up for watching non-horror films. The opening credit sequence of the like foam or space sperm or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looked 1960s Star Trek to me, and I really like that. Well, you would know. I would know because I like it, and we've talked about it, and I love 1960s Star Trek. Deal with it. Um, and I felt that part of the whole movie was kind of weird and cheesy and, like, didn't fit with anything else because it was so, like, bizarre but awesome. It was a weird, like, we're yeah. not going to, you know, we're going to show this a little bit here and, and that's all that, that matters. Yep. But I thought it was really cool. Kind of brought brought a little bit more of the sci-fi element to it. Space sperm. Space sperm. It came from outer space. Uh. Um, but also... I liked the the creepiness of the bodies and they, oh, yes. uh, you know, the pods, nope. whatever. The, like, that's the thing. It was delicately, like, fine line between cheesy or whatever because anytime there's, like, a giant plant that is attacking births people or births something. But there is this Thank very humans. grotesque kind of, you know, giving birth to these not quite formed humans yet. The faces were all contorted. The faces were contorted. Yeah. There's this weird like fuzz on the bodies. Yeah, this is fun. I this is a three and a half for me. Yeah, babe. I'm oh my there. gosh, we are just agreeing on everything tonight. Vibin'. Three and a half. We're vibing. The 2002 Gore Verbinski-directed film, The Ring, is an instant anxiety-ridden supernatural mystery horror, starring Naomi Watts, David Dorfman, and Martin Henderson in this remake of a Japanese film by the same name. We follow along as Rachel, a journalist, initially tries to figure out what killed her niece. She finds herself in the middle of an urban legend come true and cannot seem to get out. To break the curse. Uh, this movie freaked me the hell out. I was scared. You like were. I was I was scared, yes. And this is a big movie that you haven't seen again. Correct. Yeah. I hadn't seen it. And um I I, I don't know what I was expecting, but I was not expecting to be nervous the whole time but it it was creepy how about you i don't like this movie i don't really think it works and i wasn't scared well good for you yeah i uh i i've seen the original and i don't remember my opinion on that and i had seen this and i feel like i liked it but again this had one been one i'd seen once and thought this is pretty kind of a big movie we should watch it mm-hmm. and um it just didn't do it for me didn't it, it was meh 
Yeah, and, and I say that not like, oh, I loved this movie. It's just that it scared me. Mm-hmm. This just feels like a movie that would be kind of a lower budget movie, but they got a better director and a, bit, a little bit better of a cast with it. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of a little shinier, a little better made than some of those other movies. But at the heart of it, I feel like there's not a whole lot there. And I think that mm-hmm. was my issue with it. Mm-hmm. Like, the tape is cool. That whole through line is cool. But, like, I don't like anybody in this movie. And mm-hmm. Naomi Watts is fine as a, a actress. I just... I just didn't really like her character, and I hated her boyfriend or whatever he was, her baby daddy. Oh, wow. Hate. Uh, you yeah, hated him? Yeah, but it's him? just like he he just didn't do – I didn't feel like he was a very good actor at all. Mm. And I was just like, this guy's like a total, like, dud. Why are you – even with him, it was just yeah. it was just weird. Like there's yeah. nothing compelling about it, and the kid was like creepy. Yes, the, her son, but like for no real reason. And yeah. I felt like there is if this kid's gonna be like a creep, he should have some sort of connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was just a t- you're introduced to her coming to pick him up after school, and just like every I don't know. Okay. I don't like I don't I'm like anything it. about this movie yeah. to be honest. I did see the original movie before this movie came out. Yeah, and you mentioned that you didn't really remember it. Now, is there anything that you remember that you can at least compare? I remember it was creepier. It was? Yeah, so I, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I used to be a manager of a blockbuster video store in Huntington Beach, California. (laughs) Um, And I would watch all these movies that were about to be remade. This is a time when horror movies from Asia were being remade in America. So we would get all these like movies because the American version was coming out. So I'd watch all these and I really liked them. This one and then The Grudge and the originals were always better with these. I want to give it a little bit of love because Horror movies aren't always, like, blockbuster, you know. This was, though. This was. It, it grossed, like, a lot of money. Yep. And so I kind of appreciate that. And it was not a bad movie. It wasn't poorly made. But it's just, there's not a whole lot there that I loved. Yeah. And, and I, I understand that. I I get what you're saying about the characters. Now that you're talking about them again, I'm like, uh, yeah, they were kind of shitty. Um, but I didn't hate it. I didn't feel like it was a waste mm-hmm. of my time. I well, liked... Do I want to see it again? Eh, I probably won't ever watch it again. I felt like it was more of a... There's like It feels like a Twilight Zone episode mm-hmm. that was like mm-hmm. stretched really long and really thin. I feel like this is a movie that's trying to have a bit of weight to it. Like oh, some sure. of like the, you mm-hmm. know, the... Like the Exorcist or the Golden Age of American horror movies in the mm-hmm. '70s, I feel like it was trying to pull from that, sure. and I want to appreciate that and at least acknowledge that they, you know, made some effort to that. Yeah. But I just think it doesn't have the stain power that those had, and I think mm-hmm. that's what it is. Okay. This is a movie to me now, just for me, <laughs> that does not fully hold up, and I don't think it's scary enough, and. It's PG-13. Hmm. So what does that mean? Not that much, except that you can't go full-blown... Nude? 
or what I was going <laughs> to say, you can't go full blown crazy like, wow. You know, sometimes you just need that extra push to have a memorable yeah. scene. Yeah. So what it just felt like it? A, I'm going to give it a two. Okay. I'm going to give it a three. All right. Ah, uh, you know what that sound means. This episode has come to an end. But don't worry, everybody, calm down. We got one more episode coming up soon. Until then, you can follow us on Instagram at Townhouse of Terror Pod. And send us your thoughts in an email at Townhouse of Terror Pod at gmail.com. Please subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Jill, one more episode. Ah! Here's how we're going to do it, though. We're going to do one more episode of our final three movies that hopefully, knock on wood, will be released on Halloween Day. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to do at least one more episode of a recap kind of the greatest and the worst and all that fun stuff. And we might have a couple of special guests on there. Cool, cool. And then we're going to kind of figure out what we do next. Um, I've got some ideas to kind of keep this thing going, not as a 31 days oh of God. whatever, but just some special episodes throughout the year. And maybe we do this again next year or maybe not. The next three movies, I'm just going to say it now, are House on the Haunted Hill, Scream, and The Haunting. So House on Haunted Hill being the 1959 version and um, The Haunting being the 1963, I believe, version. So And Scream being Scream 1. Scream 1, yeah. So those are the final three. And we will be back on October 31st to talk about those. Woo! Until then, this is Michael. And this is Jill. And this is Townhouse Town House of, of Terror. Terror.